It's sad, isn't it, when a candidate has to lie and start airing misleading negative attacks that are a projection of the very things she does? This year, that candidate is Janet Protosewitz. Janet and the money she gets from out-of-state liberals is trying to scare you about Dan Kelly. Janet and her friends don't want you to know about her 25 years of letting dangerous criminals off easy with no jail and low bail. Uh Uh-uh, Janet wants to hide her failures and her behavior by telling dirty lies about Dan Kelly. Because if you really knew her record, you wouldn't vote for her. Did you know Janet has been accused of elder abuse by family members? And it's been corroborated by others? It's true. And Janet is an extremist who has publicly said she wouldn't put her thumb on the scales of justice all the time. Really? And she wants to be a justice? So Janet, if you're listening, listen closely. We don't want a justice who projects her lies on others. We want a justice who has something you might find remarkable. Honesty. Welcome to the Sherlyn Shirley Show. Today I'm sitting at the 7th Congressional District Caucus live and I'm just catching people coming in and out and I caught uh, Senator Corey Tomchek. He's from the 29th District in Wisconsin and he's here. He gave a little spiel which I appreciated very much. Um, he made it clear about Justice Daniel Kelly being reelected and how we don't want to be sitting here next year under Janet and I can't say her last name right so I just say Janet Witch. So I'm going to let Senator Tomchick talk a few minutes about what he had to say. I'm here at the 7th Congressional District Caucus in Nielsville, Wisconsin. Thank you. Uh, it's always interesting to be back at the caucus, uh, get to see the people from the, the district. It provides energy. I mean, it, it really encourages not only me, but I think it encourages everybody to see the faces and the, the army of people we have that are on our side. And, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. When I walked in today, I was like shocked. First of all, when I drove in, I saw all these cars and I'm like, wow, they must have quite the crowd. And then I go in that room. Wow, we do have quite the crowd for an off, really, yes, we have Supreme Court, but it's kind of an off election year. It's a, It's the spring election. So this seems to be like we're fired up. Everybody's fired up and ready to go. Well, we damn well better be. There's a lot at stake. <laughs> Why don't you share a little bit about what's at stake? Well, you know, just earlier I was talking and I, I got to remind people all the time. We in America are supposed to have government by the people for the people. But if the people don't participate, we're going to get government by someone else for someone else. And in this Supreme Court race, you're going to get a judge bought and paid for by someone else. We, we have to be out and active. We have to do everything we can. We heard this morning about the sacrifices. Uh, Dan Kelly brought up the sacrifices that people gave in their lives so that we could have liberty. And he was talking about veterans, people who went off to war to protect our country and protect our way of life. And those of us who didn't serve, those of us who haven't stood in harm's way, we're standing in harm's way now. And the bullet that's coming is Janet Protosewitz. That woman is batshit crazy. She is evil. Can't I just get excited when I talk about this? If you have a, a daughter or a granddaughter that may be playing sports yet, if you don't get out and vote for Dan Kelly, your daughter's going to be competing against biological males for a long time. If you like hunting rights, you just think it's simple. Yeah, I'll, I'm always going to have my hunting rights. Guess again, pal. If she gets in... And the liberals get the taste of power. They're taking that away from you. You will never have an, uh, an election that could be even considered uh, proper and right if the Supreme Court flips. There will be no voter right. There'll be no accountability whatsoever. And we will truly lose. So when I, being dramatic, when I say 
we're standing in the way. I mean it. There's a lot at stake. As I sit here and listening to you, I'm shit and I'm saying, uh-huh. And you probably can hear that in the background on the podcast, which it's true. Every bit of it that he just said is totally true. It's very frustrating to see the ads out there. And many people have contacted me and talked to me about that. And Daniel Kelly is raising the money, but the money comes in to the liberal side at a degree that we don't normally see because we're working people. We're hardworking people. These people pour in from all over the country. I'm shocked when I look at what the campaign finance and I see what she's had and how many people from California and New York and the East Coast and the West Coast and Arizona and all these places. And you know how it is raising money when you ran, you know, you run for Senate. You're looking for every little bit you can possibly get. Donate to Daniel Kelly. Please go to his website. Da donate anything that you can. Five dollars is not too little. He's trying to get the ads out there and the information. And, uh, there are groups around the area, the whole state, that are working really hard on trying to get the information out. We cannot lose this. We can't. It's There's too much. There is too much at stake. And we are all fighting. And I'm full of dedicated people that are here to fight. And I know that you're fighting. And I know what I heard you say. I mean, when you first started talking, tell them what you said when you first got up there. Her to be elected and nobody said anything. And then you said, wait a minute, do you want we have to bring the energy. I mean, if we can't bring the millions of dollars like the uh, the West Coast and, and East Coast liberal nutbags are pouring into this state, if we can't bring that, we better bring the energy. You've got to get out and talk to people. I've been floored and I had to really pull back. I met some business people that I know that had no clue till an election coming up. And I went, guys, you got to get involved. You have to pay attention to stuff because once it's done, you can't fight them. You have to fight now. You have to fight now. And, and I, I cringe whenever I've heard politicians and I, you know, here I am, I'm one of them now. Uh, whenever you hear politicians say, this is the most important lack. All we've done is we've, we've, we've given our audience this uh, we've dulled you you don't listen to it anymore you don't hear it anymore and here we are at the election this is the one that we should be using the term the most important election in your lifetime because it is i totally agree with that 100 sitting here with senator Corey tomchick he's from the 29th district uh senate seat and he won this this year in november and Corey's never really sat as a politician before he's definitely someone that you can see when you see him in a crowd he's a tall guy with a cowboy hat and <laughs> He's like that all the time, and I appreciate that very much. He's like one of us. He's just a guy that's working hard for the people in the 29th Senate District. And we're very fortunate now to have Republican representation in all the districts up in the Northland and in the 7th Congressional District. Very fortunate. It's taken, Craig Roseanne said to me earlier, 36 years for us to get that fight fought. Yeah, you're taking the seat of, uh, it was Jerry Petrowski who served a very long time, and he did a great job. Now we have Corey sitting here, and he's telling us all that one of the things that I see is that we may not be able to to beat them with money, but we can beat them with energy and with votes. That's the thing. Get out the vote. People just don't really think of it, but it's really important. And how do you make a difference in your area? You start locally. That's how you do it. Turn your street. Yes, you start on your, exactly, knocking on doors, talking to your neighbors. And then what you do is you move to school board, to city council, to your county boards, everyone. Friday night fish fry. Fire, Friday night fish fry. That's right. Great place to talk to everybody. That's how we have to do it. We have to do it by talking to people and saying, you've got to get out the vote. And that's the most important thing. But please, whatever you do, drag your neighbors, drag your family, close here. And it was great pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate you stopping and talking to me. We've talked a few times about a lot of different things and we still need to talk more. Well, thanks for all that you do. And I would tell your listeners, you don't want to wake up on April 5th with Janet as a winner. Your life will change in ways you can't even imagine and none of them are for the good you can do it you can do it you can make the difference get out and vote thank you very much appreciate it hey i'm sitting here at the seventh congressional district caucus with 
chairman. I'm sitting with the big wig right now. I'm sitting with the Republican Party chair, Brian Shimming, and many of you are going to know who he is. And one thing that I'm going to say is I think he made his major hoo-ha um, with being on the podcast Ruthless. It's one of my favorite podcasts. If you listen to him, you should. Four great guys, funnier than heck, and they have a great way of putting the spin on what's happening in the Republican Party and what's happening out in society going through. And they also have something called Animal News, which makes me laugh every time. Every time I listen to it, it's hysterical. Uh, so I want to welcome Brian, and he's going to talk a little bit about Daniel Kelly, Justice Kelly being here today, and what's what's at, at risk here, and what we have to get out the vote, and how we do it, and how he's going around the state working hard too. And I see it everywhere. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I, I um, Well, being here in, in Nielsville today, I think is important, because I think it's important for to be all over the state and i've always said that i've said that when i worked for governor walker and, uh, and others look the plain truth of the matter is the election and and the changes we need to have aren't you know, generated out of madison it's generated in the 72 counties of the state i'm very very conscious of that fact that the party is made up of 72 counties. i'm actually thinking about that right now because we're we're setting up state convention. You know, we're getting ready for state convention, which will be in La Crosse in, um, in June, and that will be at least partially a training convention. But our focus, and you and I were chatting before, our focus right now is getting Dan Kelly elected to the state Supreme Court. Uh, the Supreme Court, for you know, don't kind of follow it. I mean, 99% of us aren't attorneys, right? So we don't necessarily follow these, you know, Supreme Court elections or even local court elections. But, but the truth of the matter is the Supreme Court in Wisconsin is the highest court of review and uh, for lower cases. They don't sit there listening to witnesses and all that. It's the highest court of review in the state. And so if the court flips and we end up having a four to three liberal court instead of kind of the four to three center right court we have right now, everything that we fought for all these years, five years, school choice, um, voter ID, the the $16 billion the taxpayers listening to us right now saved uh, through Act 10. Uh, concealed carry. I have a concealed carry license in my pocket. You do too since the beginning, right? Um, safer at home, castle doctrine, the list goes on. Literally, and I said today at this event, um, this is probably the most consequential election of my life in that not the presidential elections aren't important or not that legislative elections are up here, elections aren't important, but in terms of the raw number of issues that will be decided on April 4th in this Supreme Court election, it makes it the most consequential because if the state Supreme Court flipped from conservative to liberal, all of those things that you and I and everyone listening to us have assumed were subtle law, Act 10, voter ID, all those things will be under review by the state Supreme Court. So I, I think we're in dramatic danger here. And it's why I say to everyone and said when I spoke, we have to do everything we can in this election as if it were the presidency on the line because a liberal state Supreme Court will attempt to become a second legislature that will decide what this legislature does. We think about what happened with COVID, how we were shut down, and that would be right there back on the line. They could do that. None of us want to go through that again, ever. 
I mean, my civil liberties were, we ended up being right. <laughs> so right. it kind of comes out where we really have to fight for this. But um, talk a little bit about Milwaukee in 2024. I mean, how great is that? And here you are, the chairman. That's going to be pretty cool. And I want you to maybe say something about that, too. I heard that on Ruthless, too. But I also am excited about bringing the people here in Milwaukee because I do think Wisconsin has a spotlight on it. Yeah, you're, you're so right. I mean, I tell folks, look, Wisconsin is not one of 50 states. I'm going to blow up your grade school education. Wisconsin is no longer one of 50 states. We're one of five because nationally there's about five states that will decide the presidency. Wisconsin is one of them. Frankly, it's the reason the Republican National Convention will be held here in Milwaukee because of how Wisconsin has moved up the scale of states in terms of importance. It's no small matter, number one. Number two, you'll have 50,000 Republicans from not only around the country, but the territories that will show up in Milwaukee with another 10,000 media representatives from literally all around the world. I'm getting calls from different countries right now for, for media coverage. It's gonna be staggering in its impact with 50 or 60,000 people pouring into Milwaukee. And as I mentioned this morning, this is an opportunity for us to contrast what we're about versus what they're about. A national convention helps focus that contrast in the week, that the, in the several days that they'll be in Milwaukee. So it's a great opportunity for Wisconsin conservatives and Republicans to show up and say, this is what we're about, that's what they're about, and it's all coming to Milwaukee. And I should mention to you as well, the uh, first Republican debate will also be a this August. It will be this August. They haven't set a date or a time yet, although I'm getting calls for tickets. Uh, everyone wants tickets that I don't have yet, and I might not, for that matter. <laughs> so you'll have a Republican, Republican presidential debate will be held in Milwaukee this uh, August, and then the national convention next July. So Wisconsin literally is the whole country politically for the next year and a half. It's it's unbelievable. You know, you've been around a while too, and so have I. And so this having this happen is really huge for us. I mean, to, it's exciting. And it's also like they are paying attention. And Wisconsin has been a blue state for a very long time, then kind of a red state, and then kind of a purple state. And we're out there fighting, and this April is going to make a huge difference in that, too. Thank you for everything that you are doing. And maybe close out with one more thing towards get out the vote and what you're doing on that. And then I'll let you go have your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually hitting the road. I get road all day yesterday. I had Ron Johnson on the show in Milwaukee yesterday. And uh, so I'll be campaigning for Republicans around the state this weekend. I'll be on the road uh, the rest of the day today and some. And then uh, most of this week, because we're in the 10 days before the election. So the plain truth of the matter is, in the last 22 years, since the start of the century, we've had 11 elections in this state that have been decided by less than 30,000 votes. Bush Jr., W., in 2000, 2004, Trump in 16 and 20. We've had three Supreme Court elections by less than 30,000 votes, two of them within 7,000 votes. Ron Johnson by 24,000, Scott Walker lost by 30, the attorney at Schimmel by 20. So the out of 6 million people, I mean, think about that. That reinforces what, you, and that is we have got to talk to our friends and our neighbors and the people who believe like us, believe in life, believe in, in control of government overreach, all the things.
vote conservatives together are on the line in this election just 10 days from now. The extent to which you can email, I mean, everybody, we all know those people, right? The people who will show up for presidential or, or gubernatorial elections, but do not show up in the off year. If we don't show up in this off year, literally our very rights in this state as free citizens are in danger. I believe that we don't, there's no time to waste. And so even if you pull out an extra five or 10 people or whatever that number is, it's time to do it because frankly, the elections in 10 days and 11 days will be too late. I can't say it any better than that, folks. Uh, Brian Schimming, chairman of the Republican Party of Wisconsin. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. We all appreciate it and keep fighting. We all have to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll be back. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Well, here again at the 7th Congressional District uh, Caucus, we're sitting here now with Senator T Patrick Tustin. He is in my district, which I am grateful for, and he's doing a fantastic job. And we're, I'm going to see what Patrick wants to say about what's going on and get out the vote. We're all working very hard on that. And also listening to the caucus and getting to know, getting to see your friends that you've seen over years and lots of them. I, I've run across a whole bunch of them here, which is great. And the room is packed. I was shocked when I walked in. So that's great. Well, it's great to be here at the 7th District Caucus. And, you know, the Seven District Caucus has always had a, a special heart in my place. I mean, I remember my first caucus back in the nine. You know, I was just getting my start in politics and volunteering on Sean Duffy's first congressional campaign and then eventually got to work on his race in 2010. So, uh, you know, I haven't lived in the third now for a little bit part of a decade, but my legislative district ha covers parts of the third, the seventh and the fifth congressional district. So it, it's great. The, the turnout here is fantastic. You know, oftentimes after a big election cycle, that which was, you know, kind of disappointing where we didn't win as many races as we thought. We didn't certainly win the big races like governor and attorney general. But what I'm encouraged by is the sheer number of individuals that are showing up because I think everyone realizes that the Supreme Court race on April 4th is more consequential right now than the gubernatorial race was back in the fall of 2022. We have to have a all hands on deck approach to get Justice Daniel Kelly across the finish line, get him back on the bench because the stakes are far too great. If we lose the court, Janet Protese, which finds herself on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Wisconsin is going to be in a world of hurt. Every major reform, not just from the last 10 years, but from the last 30 years, even going back to Governor Tommy Thompson and his uh, welfare to work programs, those are going to get overturned. And I think the left realizes what's at stake here because that's why you're seeing so much money flood into the state of Wisconsin from places like New York, California, Oregon, Seattle, Illinois, because they understand what's at stake. We lose the court. Not only do we lose the reforms that we have fought for, but this has implications that go beyond the borders of the state of Wisconsin. Because if our maps get flipped and get challenged, our congressional maps, Derek Van Orden's gone. Congressman Stiles gone. And with only a slim majority in the House, one could easily make the case that Speaker McCarthy's gone. If you thought Nancy Pelosi was a radical, wait till Hakeem Jeffries gets the gavel. This is what's at stake. We only have, what, 10 days now between April 4th. It is imperative that every conservative, not just go out there and talk to your friends and neighbors, talk to co-workers, talk to individuals who may be apolitical. We have to make sure we make the case as to why this is so critical. If people are upset with what's been going on out in D.C., what Mayor Evers has done in his uh, tenure, we need a check and balance and making sure that we have a conservative court is that check and balance. Absolutely. I uh, know that everyone is out doing doors. I've seen it myself. I've seen uh, people doing postcards. I saw people raising hand in there when they were asked, what are they doing? I see these people are over here putting together Daniel Kelly signs. Everyone is really doing their part. They're working very hard. It's true. We have to reach those people that do not come out and vote. They just bring election. And I'm not really sure why. When you start out really local, that's how you make the change. We're, we're fighting some school board issues in where I live now, Rapids. And 
you're aware of that area and it's uh, it's been very difficult. I'm shocked at some of the incidents that have happened and some of the things that have been said. It's almost like it's a battle. If we don't fight it locally, which we are, and we're making phone calls too, we're doing everything we possibly can. I really appreciate everything that you're doing because I know you're out there big time because I see it. And I appreciate you continuing to fight for all of us and doing what's right. We're so lucky to have the representation that, and we're fortunate in our state to have the Republican and you know the Senate and the Assembly, but we don't have the governorship. And so by not having that, you send bills and he sends them back, says, no, thank you. And that's how it goes. And then if we lose the Supreme Court, obviously what's going to happen is they're going to challenge everything we have passed over the last however many years. And I know that Justice Kelly will follow the Constitution. And this Janet is not someone, she's not going to follow the rule of law. And that has been evident to me in everything she has said. And then turning down doing debates. I mean, come on, you've been a senator. You do a debate. You sit and you, you know, you should have a reason to say and state what you believe be behind that. And so it's very, very frustrating to me. And I know it has to be frustrating to you on a level. Please just mention how important it is local elections and Supreme Court again. Well, it, local elections are, are absolutely critical. And I think this is an area that historically, as a conservative movement, we've really dropped the ball until recently. And so when you take a look at the big elections, whether it's the presidency, U.S. Senate, uh, governor, Congress, you know, both sides do a great job of getting out, advocating on behalf of their candidates. And then, you know, historically, win or lose, when if we have a candidate that doesn't get through or doesn't win, we go about our daily lives because as conservatives, for us, it's not politics 24-7, 365. Well, that's the exact opposite for folks on the left. When they lose the big races, when they lose at the ballot box, they find a different avenue and a different area for them to push their agenda. Where they've been very successful at over the last several decades has been at the local level, school boards, city councils. That's where you see a lot of the stuff that gets pushed out, gets put forth, that generational change that now we're behind the eight ball. Now, things started in the last couple local elections. Conservatives have done a much better job. You know, I take a look at Portage County specifically, where I live. In our last April elections, we flipped our county board. We got a conservative elected in a historically Democrat county. As county executive, we got inroads in our school board, our county board. This is where the real change is made. Where when things like, you know, schools were going virtual, whether they're going to have mask mandates or not in the classroom, that was decided by school boards. It's the school boards because they didn't want to feel pressure from the electorate, the voters that sent them there basically abdicated their authority and gave that authority to superintendents to make those decisions. If we have elected officials that don't want to face the music and make tough decisions, well, maybe you shouldn't be in that position. That's why in like areas like Wisconsin Rapids, you got Chris Inda, Mike Derry, who are running strong support and making sure that we hold some of these individuals accountable. And that's how, again, we expand our base and that trickles up to the big races. And again, that's why it's so critical when we talk about the rule of law that we get Justice Daniel Supreme Court. Again, Janet Protosewicz or No Jail Janet, as I affectionately like to call her, we know how she's going to rule because she is out there actively advocating on the on cases that aren't even before the court, which raises serious concerns about her judicial act. Not only that, when you have a judge who's out there uh, telegraphing how she's gonna roll in cases, that's not a judge. She is running as a super legislator. She shouldn't get a black robe. She should be running for the state assembly or the state Senate or Congress for that matter, not the Wisconsin Supreme Court. We need judicial conservatives, constitutional jurists like Justice Daniel Kelly on the bench. So when liberals in places like Dane and Milwaukee County, when they challenge the laws that we pass, we have judges uphold the rule of law, not what they think the law should be.
like I said before when Brian spoke, I can't say it any better than that. So thank you much, Senator Tustin, for stopping by. I appreciate it greatly. I know that you're staying super busy. Won't keep you any longer. Thank you for coming to the 7th Congressional. It, it holds a special place in my heart, too. Uh, you know, I fought hard for up there for a long time and still do. Still talk about it. Still work hard and still know everybody. So that's really good. But it has been nice coming here and it's been very good seeing you when you came in. I was happy to see you. I like to see people from my area too. <laughs> so thank you so much for stopping by and talking to me. And I hope uh, Hannah's doing well and everything's going good. Appreciate it. Yep. And again, be sure to get out there and vote April 4th. Early voting has begun already. So again, get out there, find every person you know and make the case they need to vote in these local elections and most importantly for Justice Daniel Kelly. Absolutely. Since you brought that up, one other thing that I want to mention is that we're not really good at as conservatives, this early voting and absentee ballot. People just don't understand what it's about. And I, they think some people think it's ballot harvesting and all this. It's not. And I, I voted early. I voted already. I have to get over that bump of not going and voting early and following, you know, doing what they do because that's how they've won so long. This absentee ballot stuff they've won. You can take an absentee ballot application. You can get a ballot sent right to your home. You can, but you've got to do it. And I think that's something that maybe if, as a Republican party, we start pushing that a little bit more as conservatives and let people know it is okay to do that. Yeah. And uh, you know, early voting and voting absentee and it is something that's been viewed skeptically by folks on our side, which I get it. I would love to get us to a point where we have election day, not election season until that day comes. That day is not going to come until we have a Republican governor and a legislature, but why the early vote is so important and why we have to really close that gap to a, folks on the, on the Democrat side and on the left is because it has given them an advantage that we don't currently have. Just today, you know, I heard the story about uh, Chairman Brian Shimon, how he almost forgot to vote on Election Day this past November because he was touring with Senator Ron Johnson on the bus tour. Sometimes people forget, and especially in these, uh, you know, off-year elections where we don't have a lot of voter turnout. It's usually only high-propensity voters that get out there and vote. Early voting is a way for us to close that gap. And also, it helps us save resources and divert those resources to individuals who have not yet voted. So once that vote is in, once you've returned your absentee ballot or if you voted early in person at your clerk's office, we get notified. We know. We take you off the list. You stop receiving the phone calls, the mailers, the text messages. We can't do anything about the TV commercials, but um, it allows us then to divert that to the next level of voters that we're trying to target. Those low propensity voters that we know are likely on our side, those swing voters. And it helps us close that gap because what terrifies me the most right now is when you take a look at places like Dane County. It accounts for the highest percentage of growth in the entire state. It's over 10% of the statewide vote total. One county accounts for 10% of the statewide vote. Let me tell you, it's not a county that's voting for Republicans. So we have to do everything that we can to draw out every single vote, preferably early, provide that assurity that their vote will be counted accurately, safely, securely. So then hopefully when it comes time and we have a new administration put in place come January 2027, we can start making some of these changes that other states have implemented. They know who wins on election night, not several days after the fact. Which I think everyone in that room right now would be happy to hear. And that's what part of the issues are. And we really do. I, and I agree with that. We have never really been anyone who's pushed for, you know, everyone I always knew, and I myself was one, who would say, you know, oh, no, I want to stand in line. I want to vote because I want to make sure I vote on that day because I want to see the but kind of part of me is the passion of being there and feeling it and seeing the people who's there and what's going on. We really do have to get over that. And we have to move beyond that. And I voted early myself this year. 
I did it in November. I'm trying to get used to doing that. So my vote's done. And I've talked to people who, oh, oh, I was going to be out of town. I forgot to get my absentee ballot. Hey, guess what? You have to do that. So you have to make a call and you have to get it. And it's so important. And this election is probably one of the most important that I've been involved with for a long time. So I really hope this comes through for us, that we wake up April 5th and we're all happy. And we know that day, by the way, that night, you know, so we'll finally know because that's the other thing is finding out about elections two days later. It's ridiculous. So if we just get the people out to vote that voted for Ron Johnson, which that was a concerted effort. We're going to do well. And I think that's great. So thank you so much for stopping by and talking to me. I always appreciate talking to you. Hey, likewise. And again, you know, what, what I love about Wisconsin Republicans and Wisconsin conservatives is that we've had our backs up against the wall before, many times, more times than we can count. We are one of those states that is always razor thin margins, no matter what. It doesn't matter what statewide race it is, president, governor, U.S. Senate, they are always close races. But when our backs are against the wall, that's when we fight our hardest to win. And I'm confident that if we continue to fight hard for Justice Daniel Kelly, we will be victorious come April 4th, and I hope on April 5th we can have a big election <laughs> celebration party. So do I. Thanks, Senator Teston, and thanks for coming. Appreciate it very much. You have a good day. You as well. Thanks for having me.